listener production. Same but new but old but young and new and fresh. So better. Oh, oh, oh. The Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast, the updated version. New but old. Old but still new. We are old as shit. My back's hurting. My, my foot is so sore. I can't, I can't feel my shoulder. We have our producer with us, Mandy. Mandy? That's not Italian. Our no, last name's Catalano. Does that mean I can stay? In that case, you can stay. Fair enough. A podcast. Fake laugh. Roll it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Preston. Yay! Hey guys. You need no introduction, Matt Preston. You were on uh, MasterChef for how many years? 11 years. 11 years. And then I did Plate of Origin, and then I did MKR, and then in between I've done a bit of a little moment on Mars Singer, did a bit of acting on Aftertaste, you know, on basically lots of little bits and bobs. But before that, had, I mean, were you, all, were you a food critic before that? I was a food critic for 10 years before getting into MasterChef. Before into getting Chef. into MasterChef. And, uh, and I, so, so I'd started writing for the, I started writing for the A, and I started writing for a magazine called Delicious, food magazine called Delicious. That was, that was now that's 22 years I've written for that magazine, which is Is that Australian-based? Australian-based, yeah. yeah you're deli- and then, and then, then, then there were versions in Holland and, and the UK which followed but up. How, how does one get into that? How, does, how, do, you, how do you get into food writing? It's such, because it's a dream job, right? Yeah, it is. They're, they're getting paid to go and eat, you know, is just heaven. Um, in that kind of marvellous way that someone rings you and says, oh, I'm thinking of doing a new magazine and we need someone to write a, re- write a review every week, and you go... Where's the downside? Because previous to that, I've been writing about Neighbours and Home and Away for the UK. So I've been filing stories for the UK magazines about Neighbours and Home and Away. So I got paid to, to watch telly for five years. <laughs> okay. And then, then it's like, well, what, what's, the next, what's better than watching telly and getting paid for it? Well, how about, how about eating out? So, so I did that and I, I, reviewed, I reviewed for 10 years there. And then, then, and then I shifted over when MasterChef came along. I did that. I had, so at a time, I had five, five, six years on, in the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, created director of that. And so then I ended up doing, doing the telly. The, the question wow. I have about uh, food critics yes. is every palate is different. Yeah, you say that, but that's not true. No? No. I, I look, because, I, for instance, I don't, I don't like that, that food that chilly or I don't like specific foods there, and stuff there, like that. There's certain animals like that. You don't like pizza and you don't like uh, pineapple on your pizza. Some people don't like coriander. They, they can taste as extra soapy. You've got things called super tasters and those people... And those people tend to um, find bitterness very hard, so they don't like broccoli and stuff like that. But in terms of going to a restaurant, we pretty much, if we all sat down, and I gave a list of five restaurants that we'd all been to, we'd probably be able to all put them in the same rank of what's the best and what's the worst. Or, Or in that vicinity. In that vicinity, yeah, and, and right. you may not, you may not know that the, you know that 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 the steak you're having there's, you know, been dry aged, but you'll it'll go, gee, that's yummier. Yeah, and so, so, so there's a factor. Like so that. the results aren't going to wildly vary between one. I, I don't think so, and I think that's the brilliant thing. That's why you see, you know, guys like the Dish One Hundred people. There's never much scandal about what the top five restaurants are or who's in there. There might be a discussion on whether that should be seventeen or twenty, but but by and large, people generally agree on what's important. You, you've got a refined palate now. But back then, how... Oh, yeah, just, it's scary. How the hell do you do it? It's a, absolutely terrifying because you're sitting there and you're criticising people's babies. You boys are involved in a restaurant. You know what it's like, you yeah. know. that, that you get, and, and it's especially hard when you're catering for, you know, 
It's funny, say, say Italian uh, Italians because Italians will always say that their mothers is better, no matter what you do, no matter yeah. how amazing it is. <laughs> and, and even if their mums was terrible, it's going and they'll sit there and go, ah, and you, we watch them. Yeah, it's not as good as my mother. Well, yeah. <laughs> so look, there, there's an element. There's an element of that. Your your aim is to try and just give people a sense of the experience that they'll have. And what do you remember the worst? Don't, you don't have to say. Oh it. yeah. Well, look. I mean, what's the worst one? I think. The, I, think the, oh, I mean, if it was really, really bad and it was out in the suburbs, I probably wouldn't waste the space on. It's going to die anyway. I wouldn't waste the space on. If it's if it's a big signature place where you might might already think, oh, that sounds great. I'll spend my money. Then then that'll get a, a proper review. If it's particularly bad or or amazingly good and surprisingly good, you kind of go back and you recheck it to make sure that wasn't. A oh, one, so you go a twice. Uh, only if it's, um, you know... Only the, if you had the bad experience. Uh, uh, only, if it, <laughs> only if you need... Because you need to be sure, right? Yeah. You need to be sure. If you're going to... Well, that's... Uh, I mean, I mean there, there, there was a place I reviewed up in Noosa and it was terrible, right? Um, and they, it was things like, you know, the, oh, I don't know, the, the food wasn't very good, the squid was gritty, the, the, the duck was hairy, you know, they, when they yeah. plucked oh, it, they left all the stuff oh, in. Oh, right, yeah. Um, oh, you know, they, yeah. in your gin and tonic, in your gin and tonic, there was a bit of lemon and that had, a, that had the sticker still on it. You know, oh. all, all those kind of... All those kind of <laughs> Stuff. So, so you need to be confident <laughs> enough and, and to and to have detailed that. But there's always going to be that moment because you are criticising people's babies. Yeah, that's right. Where where they go, no, the squid can't be gritty. And I said, it was gritty, and it was definitely gritty. No, 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 my squid would never be gritty. So mm. there, there are going to be moments. There are going to be moments. It's like funny that. you say that because we had a friend of ours just just recently was came in the restaurant and we ate together, and he's like, well, how is it? He goes, oh, it's lovely, it's awesome, man, I love it. And we're like, oh, thanks, man, thanks for coming, it's great. And he goes. The gnocchi was a bit soft. What the fuck do you know, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. And, and look, I mean, I think that's also the other thing, right? The other thing is when you eat out, when you eat out a lot, and you're, you know, every time you have a good gnocchi, gnocchi is a really good example. Every time you have a good gnocchi, it sets the bar a little bit higher for the next gnocchi you mm. have. So you've got to be realistic that if you're going out and spending twenty-two bucks on a gnocchi, sort of out in the suburbs, a little family place, it's probably not going to be good as good as the eighty-dollar gnocchi that you had at that amazing Absolutely. place in, in Modena. You know, that's not. It's just going to. Right. So you've got to be realistic about. But how good is your gnocchi? That's the reason why, one of the three reasons I married my wife. <laughs> yeah. It was because her gnocchi was so good. I was like, that, that is, I don't know how you do it, that is un, unbelievable. So, you know, gnocchi's a gnocchi, fries, um, wow. roast chicken. The, these, for me, they're, they're the ways you set your, you, yeah, they're, you they're your the marriage. real things. Absolutely. And, and also, you, you set places you love. Yeah. You know, if the chips are bad, you're going, What's going yeah, you on? You can't get the chips right. Oh, uh, come on, come but, on. But, lots of, but lots of people don't get chips right. Don't get don't, don't get risotto right. They're, they're, they're two of the biggest yeah. biggest flaws. How many times have you had chips where they're where they're soggy? Then you have the the really great chip that's crunchy and golden on the outside. Oh. You crack it open, it makes that that noise, and inside it's sort of that's a little is it, white is it a, fluffiness. A wedding ring. So happy. That would that would be food. So that, would, that would be a wedding ring for sure. <laughs> um, what is the best cuisine? Oh, I was going to ask that question. Well, Fantastic. I asked it first. Great question. Great question. Oh, what a great... Oh, look. Um, I've got a question. What's the best cuisine? You know, um, the, ultimate, the ultimate thing to eat for me... You're sitting with three teens. Just the ultimate thing anymore. to eat for me is yeah. pizza, obviously. Pizza? Because, really? because it so does Italian have, then. Fantastic. We win. Yes. Because of the fact that it's got, it's got carbs, it's got veggies, it's got protein, you can hold it in one hand, you can wave the other hand around <laughs> as you're speaking. It, it kind of does everything. And it, 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 the, that, that dough will, will allow anything to go on the top. So just a simple Neapolitan pizza of, you know, 
a tomato, a tomato sauce, and an anchovies and that dough. That's just enough, or a little yeah, bit of mozzarella. These guys hate anchovies. Enough. I love anchovies. I'm I can't deal with anchovies. Really? I mean, but is that all anchovies, or is it the hairy grey ones? Going with hairy an- grey are we ones? going with anchovy or anchovy? Um, so I don't mind. Whatever, whatever you want. Color. <laughs> what is it? So here's the thing, Johnny. Did um, we don't like? We're supposed yep. to not to like anchovies. Oh, yes. But then yep. he, he did like a little dish one day with the olive oil, yeah. and he put an anchovy in Fantastic. the olive oil. My God, delicious! Yeah. And, an, and just a couple of anchovies at the base of your bolognese, that, and you, when you're cooking the onions, when you're making a sofrito. There you go. And you, you put you put a bit of anchovy in there along with your bacon or whatever pancetta, and you break it down. It's it's going it to give you this umami right? flavour. Yeah. It dissolves. You won't taste fishy, That's but it'll just go. Did. Which is why lots of recipes you see, uh, lots of Aussie restaurants you, recipes you see use Liam Perrins, which is basically like a, like an anchovy sauce. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, he did it. He cooked it up, and we had it, and we were eating it. And we're like, oh, this is the best. And he says, oh, he goes, you're eating anchovies. Ha, fuck ha. you're eating anchovies. Because I was like, don't put anchovies, don't put anchovies. But, like, but but anchovies aren't anchovies as well. You know, you get you get the grey, hairy anchovy, the really cheap anchovy. The yeah. one that's on a cappuccosa pizza. Uh, in, when, yeah. when, you, when, you, when you go to that the place. Of pizza. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, they're also, but also there's these anchovies that are, come from the Cantabrian Sea, north of Bilbao and Spain and there. And you'll, you'll see them, you'll see them, in, you know, on in fancy restaurants, but they're, they're like pale pink and they're almost sweet oh, yeah. and they're salty and they've got this kind of, you know, what they call about umami, they've got this lovely sweet savouriness to them that makes them absolutely delicious. So I, I believe, Carlo, I could convert you to anchovy. It makes me no, want, I I want to eat an anchovy now. I don't think you could. I want to eat that. I've, no. I've tried a, 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 in different scenarios on the bread, you mm. know, with I've, I've tried to, and then it, it just doesn't sit well yeah, with Yeah, look, I'm, I mean, I think that, that, that there's definitely stuff, you know. The, the whole point, if you if you write a review or I do a recipe with with anchovies in it, that, then you make the call on whether you either leave them out or whether you don't order that dish. I mean, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of simple. You're a bit you're a bit foolish if you go, oh, there's there, there's this amazing <laughs> there's this amazing bolognese, um, which is, or I could have the, the the anchovy toasts, and if you don't like anchovies, you order the anchovy toast. You're probably going to hide for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should be going the bolognese. But I try. I'm trying to, and this whole this whole thing with the, you know, putting the anchovy in the um, changed, know, the, the oil changed. has yeah. changed me a little bit because okay, uh, mo- there might be anchovy more in things that 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 I realise. But 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 also, it's but, not really eating anchovy. It's like eating. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's disintegrated. Yeah, it's right? disintegrated. It's, it's like getting salt. Big. But but also, but also, yeah. but also as as you get older, you, you your your taste buds start to disappear. Yeah. You you start you start to want more salt, more spice, more anchovy. So so maybe colour's just a sign of you getting older. Oh, and now now suddenly oh, you know, right? the anchovy right hairs are starting to come through. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, your anchovies. nose is swelling. The, <laughs> your eyebrows are starting to go crazy curly. <laughs> I had to chop one of my eyebrows. Oh, yeah, you see, it started. Actually, next thing you know, next thing you know, you're getting one of those hygienic clippers for your, your nasal <laughs> yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, that's already. I was on the couch and I was just pinching my eyebrow and I had this one lat going. just kept going for yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta chop that. So the call came to star in MasterChef? Well, no, it didn't. The call actually came the other way around. The call came from someone saying, a woman called Henry Stride saying, um, and this is bizarrely, this is this is my mu- the, the daughter-in-law of my mum's best friend, um, who, who she knew, who, and she said, I hear you, you do a bit of stuff on the, food, on the food and you write a bit and you do the food and wine festival, you know a lot of chefs. I want to basically plunder your mind for who we should audition. So I, we talked about half an hour about, you know, the different chefs out there. Originally on MasterChef, they were looking for two chefs and a host. 
that, that was the model. The, the English model had, had two, two judges and they had a voiceover, but they wanted to actually have a host. So that, that was the original model. And about halfway through, I sent a picture of, um, uh, she said, Sam, Henry said, send me a picture of yourself. And I sent this picture of me. I was looking disapprovingly at salad with a couple of, you know, scarves tied around the neck. And, and in that classic way that TV does, they, they didn't ask for the CV. They didn't. They, the, that picture went up the line to the, um, the, the head person in the network. And then this, that guy just said, look, if you can talk, we'll, we'll put another judge in. So I ended up getting this kind of surprise wow. third Jeez. judging role. So, so based on your, 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 your look? Based on the look and nothing else. They never wanted to see me. <laughs> they, didn't want, they didn't want to see my trophy for, as world's best food rider. <laughs> they didn't want to see any of the other, you know, there was, they were irrelevant. But, that, but that's always been the great joke, the great joke about why they cast. They cast me because of the look. They cast George because the way he mangled the language. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's never baffled by something. He was always bazzled by something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, they and they chose Gary because they thought he was a big man, a big hard man who'd probably cry, you know, the classic sentimental bloke. And so, and so they, they were the kind of, they were the reasons why they cast. There's also the fact that, that George had been Gary's um, yeah. uh, apprentice for a long time. Yep. So they, like, right. they kind of like that idea as well. You guys are like rock stars at one we, point. We, 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 traveling we, we the world a, and yeah, it was crazy. I think I think near the end we were we once worked out we totaled up all the areas where the show was on and we worked out the total audience for an episode was about nineteen million people. Wow, wow. it's just crazy. That is insane. And and it is that bizarre thing when you then go to and I was. I was in an elephant sanctuary in Sri Lanka and these three Bulgarians who looked very similar to the three of you in character walked up, hairy shoulders, and, and they just said, they just said they, they, no English, and they just went, Mars Jeff, and I nodded, and they went, ah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> so, so you, you, you know, that's the amazing thing. It's weird when you work on a show that, that is seen everywhere because you forget this. You, you make this show in a shed out, you know, out by the race course in Melbourne, yeah. and then suddenly you find yourself somewhere where you're going, how do you know? How do you know yeah, my name? Yeah, What's yeah, going yeah. on? It's very yeah, strange. Yeah. Do you miss it? No, I don't. We had an amazing 11 years, and I got to do, and by, by when, when we stopped, we got to do lots of other stuff, and I left always loving it and and having had an amazing experience and having done some crazy things and shot in some unbelievable places, shot with unbelievable people. Yep. But I left still loving it and, I, and I, I was worried. I think Gary was the same. We were both worried that that you know, if we if we kept on doing it, it become it would become a job rather than a joy. And and you never want to be in that point. We just you don't want to be there, and you it would be wrong. It would have been wrong to to stay around and hate it. I think. Are you? Um, what's your background? My my background. I was born in the UK. Um, my 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 family. Some come from America. Some come from Italy. Some come from India. So so all over. From from France. Some from Wales. A fair amount from Ireland. So it's a kind of classic hodgepodge. My my grandfather was born on the the Via Condotti in Rome, and that's, oh, uh, he's my a grandfather. Yeah. So so I could play for Glizuri. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and I've always held this moment that's the, the, that one of them is going to ring me. One of them is going to phone me saying, "Look, we." We, we, we need a oh, new we need a new centre back come yeah, on we actually do we right do. Now. that's right say, I know. Yeah. well in fairness I think you need probably more than centre back yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I always but, but, but he was you know he was he came from Scottish stock he was born in Italy but he spoke Italian so he, he was in Italy until he went to school in the UK but, it, but he spoke beautiful Italian but you know as a man he's, he's very upright you know he's a, he's a brigadier in the army he's got a little white tough man moustache bullet you know bullet head 
and he's and he's very, and he never moved his hands when he spoke. The moment he started speaking Italian, it all went out yeah. the window. <laughs> and the arms are going, and he's and he's, 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 he's gesticulating, and his voice is high. So so I always love that, and and so so my, my, I mean I've always because of that I've had a, a strong connection with Italy over the years. Although I've, I've lived in Greece for a couple a couple of months and played around doing stuff. So I, you know I mean it's, it's uh, if you're in London, where else do you want to be? So you grew, grew, up, grew up in I, London. I, I grew up in London. I grew, yeah, up, I grew up, London. I grew up next door to Stamford Bridge Football Club, home of Chelsea Football. Oh club. right. So yeah. so I grew so you're up Chelsea Chelsea. Boy. Chelsea Chelsea born and bred. My my sister and my mum were both both Fulham fans. That caused a certain amount of oh, tension. Fulham. But wow. um, okay. but but always. But you know, from the age of six, going to the grounds. But that was in the in the days when that Chelsea know, was uh... Ch Chelsea were the glamour team. But but all the players lived around the ground. You know, yeah. it's a bit you yeah. know like like when we had suburban grounds for AFL. You know, you lived around the ground and and you'd you'd walk to the ground. You know, you'd walk to see see South Melbourne and there'd be Ange working Ange Postecoglou working on the car. You know. In the blue overalls, yeah. you know. Oh, right. So you'd still get that with Chelsea. Obviously, that's very different now. Yeah. But you yeah. know, they, they used to in the old days at Stamford Bridge, last Friday of the month, all these superstars of the game. We're talking absolutely, you know, the the Osgoods, the Hudsons, the, the really the, at the time Peter Benetti, the great players for Chelsea Football Club. On on that last Friday, they'd all come out and have a kick around in the car park with like dustbins for goalposts, wow. and, and you'd be able to get you'd be able to get like or you have your autograph book and all that stuff. So I, I grew up very much in doing that, entering through the boys' entrance to the shed end at Chelsea and um well, and loving great. that kind of that craziness of football. But that was in the days you could literally walk into the FA in London and say, um, I'd like some World Cup tickets. They go, how many do you yeah, want? <laughs> and I say, well, oh, could we, is there any for the finals? They go, yeah, four, yeah, no for, the, four for the Stadium Olympic going, Rome, there you go, four, four, for the, four for the two semifinals. So, yeah, like, no worries, sign up to this ballad. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and so that, that was that great right? era when Tatus Galacci had that amazing oh, great yeah, World Cup. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and then, then that terrible thing of, of being there in, in Naples and, and watching the Italians play the Argentines. Oh, that yeah, weird yeah. thing of, of almost yeah, we were in Naples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, when, well, I saw two. I saw both that and also the the Cameron's England game in Naples. That you see, that's, but, that's but the Naples that? in that, England. Well, the Naples one is weird, right? Because obviously we didn't have tickets. We hadn't bought tickets for the quarterfinals. Didn't know that that England were going to be there against the Cameroon. We bought tickets from from a towel and we turned up. It's like great, great. We we did that thing, great thing. You buy tickets from Taker. Are they going to work? And then and then you go and, you, and it's a bit, and you go, wow! And well, you, it works. You're in, it's really good. And then and we walked in and we were in this amazing bit. It was really good. England fans behind us, England fans below us, and then we realised something. As the Caribbean ran out with their rifles and surrounded the area we were in, we were with all oh, the Napoli you... tifosi. Oh. We were all with, we were we were in this area just with the, the Neapolitan oh, home fans who were holding on to their end. Oh, no. and, and so when the England fans start sledging and when when we're like this going, I'm trying my really shit Italian and it's it's really not good. But again, that that great joy about football, it's really good. You you know you you, you, you swap cigarettes or whatever, and and they get on. And by the end, the Italians that we were with were cheering for England. And yeah. <laughs> we didn't go out drinking with them after. They, 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 they would just slipped away because because the, these were the you know the, you know the guys you just go yeah the, the, I mean I mean if if this was if this was at Chelsea I know the, exactly the guys would be here and they're not the guys you want to go out no. with afterwards. I mean, Matt, come for a drink with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I've always but actually I've always had an, you know I've been to Naples four or five times. I love it because of the pizza. Obviously, it's a, yeah, a major best, attraction yeah. now. But I've always I've had the best time. The talent, the the Neapolitans are absolutely. Oh, yeah. Great. The first pizza shop in in Napoli is there. Yeah, What's it called? It's the, cool. Remember we it's saw in it. Napoli. It was um, 
It's like a little. It's almost like a hole in the wall. Forgotten pizza the name. Shop. But that's that's literally the first, the first margarita was Margar- margarita was made at this little sh- little store in Napoli. It's a hole in the wall there. there it's was, still there. Um, yeah. I think it was eighteen something, and there was a uh, Dematozzi. Is it Dematozzi? Dematozzi, which where they used to originally they used to make pizzas for all the posh people who'd go into the palace in the centre of Naples by carriage. They had these strange pizza warmers that have out, and they'd sell it by the slice to to the toffs as they went home at the end of the night. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's still. Is that it? It's called Well, well, you know, the you know the 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 whole history of food, Carlo, is very tricky. Yeah. And everyone claims, especially Italy, uh, everyone claims that the food. So there's oh, probably my, some guy in your friend. He's just like he Antonio. Yeah. In, in that show, they said that that the woman, uh, the uh, Queen Margarita, mm. who was there at the time, and cholera. Is it cholera? What, what was the? There was a sickness that went through Italy. Cholera. 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 Cholera was going through Naples. And she went out and she went out and she was like, I want to get a pizza. And they made her a margarita. No, they made her that pizza from that pizza shop, and that's when they called it margarita. Because they used I, to fry them back in the day. The, the they word, used to close them up and fry them. Uh, panzerotti, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I mean, the, the pizza history is interesting because obviously, you know, you can't have pizza until you have Italian, until you have tomatoes, and tomatoes don't come into Italy. Yeah, that's right. Know, they come and, from, yeah. from, from, okay. from Central what America. This? What is this? This is the great thing about food, right? We always talk about, oh, what's true Italian food or what's true Greek food? But obviously, all at all times, you've got, all these other ingredients coming in. You've got people moving because of wars or because of famine. They move in, they bring their traditions. And that's the joy of why Australia is so great is you get that food historically it's always been, been a matter of fusion. You know, you can't, you know, tempura comes from Portuguese fried religious snacks. No. Um, and that's that's where that, that from starts. From Japanese tempura. So, so, so Japanese tempura <laughs> has a kind of Portuguese background. You know, curry without chilies came from Latin America as well. So... Hello. Just like like the, how they, the noodles they come from pasta. That's well, well, well that, that would yeah, sad, <laughs> sadly, sadly there are there are some five thousand year old um, noodles out of China <laughs> that, have been proved, that might just slightly predate. But, oh, but, I thought but, it was the other but, way around. But actually, but actually the but actually the Etruscans were making pasta and and again, but they were making it with they're often making it with instead of water they were using the juice of lettuce. Yeah, don't worry about them though. We, we don't worry about those. <laughs> well, someone was oh, well, again. I heard that uh, they used to make sheets of pasta. In, back yeah, well, in the days, you don't want to you don't want to know about where the word lasagna comes from. Yeah, why is that? So, so the <laughs> lasagna comes from the slang, the the, the Roman slang for chamber pot. That's and that's yeah, because they used to. That, that, that's right, because they were sheets of pasta. Sheets of pasta. So, so sheets were, were were further, and then and then they were making chamber. Dry, what's it called? Chamber chamber pots. Chamber right. pots. What's chamber that? Pots. It's, it's a it's a pot you put under. In the old days, before you had your flushing toilet, you know your ensuite oh, like no, you have it's now. A piss pot, man. You know, that's right, it's <laughs> yeah. a piss pot underneath, and, and so rather than having to go all the way down the stairs and out the back or or weeing out the window, you'd have a little pot under your bed. And lasagna is linked to that because of why? Because it's the same word. Same, same word. Oh, that's uh, disgusting. Same word. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your lasagna for a minute. Why did they never change that? They should have changed it. of lasagna because it was so easy back, for storage. Back, back, to the, back to the origins of the pizza. Yeah, I heard, I heard that it was originally made for fishermen that would come back from their early fishing jobs in the mm. morning, come back, and it was a cheap and quick snack for them that was filling as they'd come off... Off the port, bring well, and, and, that, and that's why you get marinara because because yeah, a marin- was like a marinara, marinara was actually has the original had no the fish Neapolitan on it. had no no fish on it. it was it was it was a fisherman's it was a fisherman's dish. So right. is it 
I heard it was just leftovers, the peasants, and they had leftovers and they had bread and they just put it on bread and that's where pizza came from. No, margarita. It starts, the, the whole thing it, it, starts. It, it did start thing in starts as, It didn't as, come from China like the other stuff did. It, it, stuff, it starts with bread with stuff on top and it happens before tomatoes and tomatoes are a, uh, are a 1600s sort of addition. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, because the Italians were amazing and the Greeks were amazing because they wrote cookbooks. What about bolognese? Bolognese well, that, well, that, is a tomato that's sauce. Got, that's got nothing to do with Italy. Let's be honest. Oh, really? I'm going to keep you out. You're not going to be able to I'm going to blow your minds with bolognese. I'm going to blow your minds with carbonara. Oh, let's go. All right. Okay. So bolognese. Can we stop this podcast right at this moment now? Bolognese tends to arrive in most recipe books around about the late 20s because it's Italian migrants moving to England, moving to Australia, and also moving to the US. In the US, they make meatballs, which they serve on pasta. If you go to Italy, you won't find meatballs on a pasta. You'll see them separately. And the bolognese is something that, that pops up here. And you can, find, you can find pictures of smart people in Sydney in 1938 tossing bolognese. It was one of the things, it was one of the fancy things they did, fancy restaurants, tossing bolognese. The first actual recipe that... that Sounds like bolognese that we recognise it: tomato sauce, mince on on spaghetti rather than on pappardelle or wider pasta. Actually, was published in an Adelaide magazine in an Adelaide newspaper. Gee, Worldwide, what? There you go. World but hang on, when you think about it, it, no, listen, it's like the when Mexican you to, food when you go to in Italy. Italy. You can't get bolognese; you only can get ragu. That's right, exactly. But it's it's uh, no, it's not. Well, but it, but it, but it's like carbonara. The carbonara is even more crazy. Okay, what's the carbonara? So you know, well, so you know the whole point. The carbonara. So, Italy, Italy is, is a is a mass of states, right? It's a mass of different states, and they're all and you find it now. You know, my region's food is better than your region. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a continuation of that old warfare that you see also exhibiting. Well, Italy is only one hundred and fifty years old now as a as a nation. Anyway. So, so around about nineteen hundred, they start. This, they're, they're about three signature cookbooks that that try and talk about Italian food. None of them has a recipe for carbonara. Carbonara recipes pop up around about late 40s, 1940s, early 1950s. And I'm, wor I'm worried I'm going to upset you here. The most legitimate theory is that it was during the war, the Americans liberate Rome, and they come with backpacks full of American cheese and Canadian bacon. bacon. <laughs> and they, they basically say, they go to the rest of us and say, can you make us a pasta? And they've got, they've got Allegricia, so they've got, they've got a pasta which is, which is, you know, egg and cheese, and they've got another one which is bacon fat and, bacon fat and cheese. And they go, here, we'll make this. So, so all this thing we talk about, about, it was made by the charcoal burners outside Rome back in the 1900s, zero proof, zero evidence. And, and you actually look at the time scale and you go, normally what happens is, you, is a recipe uh, uh, evolves and then suddenly Four or five years later, it starts popping up in books. So that's why a lot of the food historians think that actually carbonara, the first carbonara's were not made with guanciale and pecorino. Yeah, guanciale. They were made with Canadian bacon and terrible, oh my God. terrible Australian-American well, children. Everyone destroying our image. Italian <laughs> that's listening right now is hung themselves. Oh, but, 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 I mean, but, but we made it better. We made it better. But to be fair, we made it better. Listen, Listen, carbonara is not really one of those things the no. Italians are that proud of. We didn't grow up yes, on it. Yes, it is. No, I, no, I, I, really I like good carbonara. No, yeah, it's not. Because when it's done right with egg and the guanciale. It's not one of the things that we hang on top. And, you know, the thing about being Italian is you've got so many dishes, just like being Greek or, you know, any any great 
culinary culture, invariably if this come from a, there's a bit of an imperial background behind it, they've got great dishes. And mm. look at what Italy's got, you know, you've got... Pasta, that's about it. Oh, okay. come on. No. <laughs> Pasta, risotto, gnocchi. Pizza. I mean, I mean pizza as, as well. So they're, they're, there's loads of stuff. And gee, there are there are endless books about about pastas being made all the way back, being made for popes in the mm. 14th, 15th century, um, originally being made with chestnut flour rather than wheat flour, um, festivals of gnocchi that, that exist. And the other thing that's fascinating is, you know that southern Italy used to be uh, a, a, bit, a bit Greek as well? They, mm-hmm. they kind of no, no, incorrect. It. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't repeat that. that. Well, 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 that's true. My, my Greek friends would, would, would just say... <laughs> no, we do. We, of course but the, but the, whole, the whole idea of intellectual property starts from a pastry guild in Calabria. And they had this rule that you couldn't steal anyone else's dish. You couldn't copy anyone else's dish for six months. And that's where the very... And, the, and they enforced this. They enforced this legally. And this is where intellectual property actually starts. It's like, you know, over a thousand years ago in Calabria. So there's another thing. I mean, there's so many. I, we used to have this around me in Georgia about, about who, who gave us, you know, my Italian background, his Greek background. Who gave... Because you know that Greeks invented everything. They invented everything. They invented everything. Well, one of my, yeah. uh, according one of my lines, to the Greeks. One of my lines was, uh, they, they invented Mount Everest. They just moved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just went to Italy recently and I just found that there was, like, like, like you said, pasta, risotto, pizza, very carb-heavy. When I went to Greece, it was completely different. There was just, the okay, there's your pitta stuff. and stuff, but the meat and the way they cook oh, the meat. I love, I love Greek food. The Greek food's and the amazing. Fish. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. The fish, oh my God. And, Calamari, and it, the grilled octopus. I mean, oh, I, I we do it that. really well, but they, yeah, they, they do it. They, no, you got to yeah, take I, your head I, off to the Greeks. Take it off to the Greeks. Oh, mate, they, 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 I love the Greek foods. I mean, you know, some Italians will tell you that Greek food is just Italian food with lemon juice. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I would, I would, I would, den- I would deny that. Um, but, but, but also the other thing about the other thing about Italian food that's so special is this whole concept of, of cucina povera, the idea that yeah. you know ossobuco or you know whereas tannery workers for their for their perks, the tannery workers used to get the when when all the hides came in, they came with the hoofs and the and the lower leg attached, and they get that lower leg and they take it back and that they'd make they'd make ossobuco using using that that cut off piece of um of the hoof uh, the, of the hoof leg. yeah the lower leg wow. so 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 that's one of the great things about it, about italian cuisine is it you know it's um well, we they're, say they're, the they're, they're eating they're eating from the you know the rich man is eating the primary stuff and they they've worked out ways to you know tripper you know to make to yeah, make exactly. take who could take tripe you know, stomach of a cow that's, and make that, it that, make yeah. it into a into a silky it's delicacy. Quite deli- Do you it's actually quite delicious. Oh, done well. The Roman yeah. style is amazing. Yeah, it's actually nice. I've seen. But, I mean, but, you get past the the idea that you're eating some uh, uh, the stomach of a of a cow. It just texturally gets me. You know? The textures yeah. are well, no, But if it's done wrong, it's just not. If it's right, it's right. If it's done wrong, and there's a well, we went to we went to Rome. We, we went to Italy with MasterChef. We were in Florence. Their famous thing called Lambrodotto, which is um basically it's stewed tripe put in a bread roll. Oh, could be delicious. Is that in Florence? Good Florence, be. that's right. It's on the street in Florence. Right. It looks it's amazing. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a bru- it's a bread roll, and it's juicy tripa, yeah, and yeah, it just slobbers yeah. all over the roll, yeah. and it looks yeah. amazing. And it's really good <laughs> until, you, said, until you, take it to your, you take it up to your mouth. And it's the and it's the fourth stomach of the cow, so that that's the pooey stomach. Oh, and it, okay. you know, and I'm, for me, anything that smells of poo and wee, I'm oh. not putting it in my mouth. I'd call me old fashioned. Fair enough, rule. Um, and and I think that that's the other side. And that's with kidneys. That, okay, you know, well, stink, I didn't know. It, it was stinky. And, oh. I, and, 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 at, and at that point, I became uh, you know all all the all the Florentines are going. Oh, it's amazing! It's delicious! And I'm going. Oh, I'm. I've suddenly okay. become very Australian. Yeah, well, I knew it looked good. 
but I probably, based on that, wouldn't try well, it. No, but you knew he said, he said he could be. The operative word is it could be, which means it <laughs> so it's, but, but, <laughs> but it's, it's technically street food in, in Florence, so it's like on the yeah. side is a guy making there going, hey, what do you want to, you know? He's back in the day. Probably didn't clean it properly. Yeah, back in the day, we used to, <laughs> back in the day, we used to um, eat polenta when we were kids at home this, this, and cry. That's right. All right. And now they're selling oh, it. Cry, cry, we just didn't want it. We because, were young because you're kids. sitting there in Bentley polenta, and you don't this, eat polenta in Bentley. peasant food, you know, and yeah. we, just, we were crying, oh, what are we going to eat this polenta for? Now they're selling it f as chips and selling it for $27. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Well, our, our polenta used to, we used to have uh, broccoli in it. Do you, yeah. do you, ever, the bro you ever had that broccoli? Mm. The worst. So growing up, we it's, really it, it, it's, it's, it's a collision of two terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, then, but, but I would argue, I would argue that that, that that is nothing compared to sudzo. Have you ever had sudzo? Calabrian sudzo? So when you, when, when I make salamis with the Calabrian mm. family up in the northeast, they're mm -hmm. amazing people, they're incredibly generous, I've learned so much from them. One of the things they do is all the bits and bobs that don't go into the, into the salamis and don't go into the sausages, get cooked up with a bit of um, vinegar and then they're poured into a big glass jar. So that's the snout, the ears, oh, the mm. eyeball, all those oh, choice the eyeball, bits. juicy eyeball. Now, now, you know, so, so seriously, one of the, you know, I'm sitting at a table remarkably similar to this one and, and, and the, old, the old nonna brings out the big glass jar of sudzo, and there's an eyeball that's looking you through the glass. <laughs> I swear it's moving as you move. It's and, and, and one of the worst sounds, one of, I mean, savory jelly is a bad idea in its first way, but the, one of the worst sounds is that big metal spoon. Oh. Even bigger than that. That oh. sound of it coming out, and then, then, then it put in your plate, and then you put a mouth down. You know those moments you, you, you try and eat something, and as you swallow it, it crawls its way back oh. up your gullet. And then you're looking for it. Is there any wine on the table? There's no wine on the table. There's no water. And, and you can't because, again, that whole thing about, you know. Sean sure, never it, had that. We never oh, had that. No, no we've never had. Oh my you gosh! Might have. The, 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 the closest I've had to it is, is a dear aunt, great auntie of mine from Sydney. She used to get the pig's head and other bits and mm. pieces and, and cake it in gelatin, and they used to just slice it. Yeah, like like like, like a like a brawn. Yeah, slice yeah, yeah. through it, and you have this thing, and you didn't know quite know whether it was part Which of the bit? ear, was it the brain? What the hell is this that I'm and, eating? And and for the the old folks, they 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 love it. It's they love it. Speaking about sudzo, yeah. don't want to talk about your book, Big Mouth. Perfect name. <laughs> Perfect name. <laughs> Off the top of the head in, in, in a meeting. What else have you got? Well, I thought I could. How do you feel about a memoir? What's the name? Big Mouth. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Done. Sign, sign here. Yeah, so Big Mouth, obviously, because I, I, you know, it's always open. And it's always and then, open. And then, and then, and I, always, and I always used to love the way you used to put a fork in your mouth. It was always on your side. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff is, you understand all that, all that postulating, all that stopping and thoughtful stuff. There's absolutely nothing thoughtful going in your head at that point. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? How can I, I say something it. intelligent? I knew you got You're to not, make I'm, shit is up. Is that what it was? <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. You, you literally you need time to say and Is that it, in know? the book? Like, you talk about the show? Do you oh, my gosh. What, what do you talk about? Yeah, well, it, you know, the, the, book is, the book is 60 years of, of history, so it goes back to because obviously, as you all know, and, and as what Sushi Mango do, you know the the previous two generations are really influential who you are. So I talk about them and who they're because I think that that to a large degree has shaped my experience. I talk about that. I talk about growing up, food growing up. I talk about you know so. Uh, when you, when you write about food, when you do TV, as you know, people know you for one thing. 
right? They they know you for they know you for maybe ten percent of who you are because that's what they see. That's what everyone asks you the question about. So it's really a chance just to talk about all those that old other stuff. Spent some time in the army, um, and and also all the sad stuff that I haven't really yeah, talked I'm, about I'm, before. I'm just, I'm just reading it here. Your adoption, challenging childhood, family tragedies, and the British Army, and your love life, and whatever. That's, 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 that's that'd be a great read. I'd employ everyone at home to grab the book. Yeah. Is there a chapter Big on Shudzo in there? <laughs> I, I think that, <laughs> I sadly think that, that that's one of the chapters. Is there a chapter where you shit can every, every Italian dish so no, far? No, just, that was the last book. And, and just the last. destroy our identity as, as a culture? Is there, is there a chapter if you there? think If you think your identity is defined by bolognese <laughs> and carbonara and not 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 defined by Baggio and Vieri, and yeah. then then we have, we have a, Andrew, we have a point. We have a problem. <laughs> So, so, all right. Anyway, we do uh, have a game. We yeah, do. We do, we, we we do, do have a game. We've got a little something. Um, basically, it's called Testin Matt Preston. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That That's a first. And yeah. we came up with that. No. Our producer didn't come up with that, by the way. The game is based on you yes. testing, looking at this food and seeing what is homemade and what is store-bought. That's it. So we didn't make it too difficult okay. for you, okay? There's nothing there now, that you haven't eaten before. There's just, just yeah, no, no, you want to taste it? No, it's all, some, it's all some... above board and edible. Oh. It's like it's yeah. it's there's no. There's, there's what, that. what is that? There's no trip in that. Okay, that's um that, that that's a pickled cauliflower, um I probably from Jardinara. It's it's uh, I would suggest probably made by someone's grandmother with that amount of acidity. Incorrect. A store board. Incorrect. That is from the Jardiniera, oh. um, from the shops. There we go. From 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 Hoyts. Was that Hoyts? Yeah, yeah, that's the last one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, okay. I don't want to show off too much. <laughs> the salami? Um, you, couldn't, you couldn't get that salami in a shop. That's... No, they, who's, whose grandfather is that? Yeah. Mandy's. Mandy's husband and uh, brother-in-law, I believe. Uh, really? Or really, really, good, really, really nice. Yeah. Nice, and, huh? Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, the hard, one of the hardest things I've ever done is judge the salami com- competition at Myrtleford. Ah, in front of everyone with it when you're watching them salami. Everybody and and when the best when the best salami came out was made by the locals Lions Lions Clubs, there were all these very, very angry old old Italian men going, Ah It's good salami though. That's really good. I rated it. Alright, so go to the next What's that? What's is that couple of That is those shop walk. Um olives. Oh look. It's like we're master chef at the table here. Oh, look. I mean, you you can make those at home, but I think they're probably shop ball. Incorrect. Who who made them? And same with, so my mum made the olives and she also made those tarali that I don't think you tried. Your mum made the tarali. That is really good. They might dry out a bit. You might take 10 kilos of water after you have that. I was going to go, you will need horse teeth. But that's the whole point about the tarali. Italian biscuits are designed not to be eaten, but just to be thrown to the loin grandchildren. That is the idea. We've got some dessert to finish off. What's that? Is that store board or is that? That's a, um, called a Savoyard come on. Delicious. No, I'd say that home, that's homemade as well. It's homemade? Yep. Correct, yes. Absolutely. All right. Um, well done. And, Test and, the mess, and, and the coffee. 
I, th- I suggest made here and not very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, Nescafe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like with, with, with three grandmothers <laughs> just sitting there, arms crossed, watching me eat, making drinks, everything. Hey, that was an experience for us. Oh, man, watching you d- d- just eat that and judge it. That was great. I could sit here and talk to you about food for hours. Oh, I, I love it and love the history of it. But so, thanks so much for coming oh, in. Pleasure, Would you guys. come back? Yeah, yeah could because you? I feel like that we only just scratched the surface and we yeah. might have a, a, a whole episode talking about the history of food. I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Love I, to. I, I love that. We can, can we can, we? we can bust a few myths because there's an awful lot of, an awful lot of rubbish out there, and and you'll see it, and it gets repeated. You know, yeah. pavlova being New, a New Zealand dish, we can bust that one. It's definitely oh, not. I mean, what's you know, going on here? Yeah, we, can, we can, we can absolutely, we can actually, we absolutely can. Food busters. Yeah, that's a yeah. great. We'll do a food busters episode. Food busters, what a great idea! Food busters episode. We might need to take this to the to to the networks. I I think it's not a bad idea, but I'm not so sure that four works. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, Matt. Mate, thank you so much for coming in. Carlo, Joe, Andrew, thank you very much indeed. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, Big mouth available in all good bookstores. Thank you guys for listening to the Saucy Meatballs podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Every Monday, new episode. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci.